pack your bags, grab your wands, and let's get radio back to school. This is the Awesome Cast. folks and welcome back to the awesome cast your podcast for everything awesome i'm basil i'm kevin and i'm douglas that's right so it's been a long time coming yeah the last time we recorded officially was the yuri on ice episode yeah at like the beginning of the year yep we are best podcasters we are we are the best at what we do and that is not podcasting so how's your life been kevin well, it's been okay. Been okay? Been okay. Doing pretty well. So-so. Good, good, good. Ups and downs. <laughs> oh, what's the downs? Well, not going to go AWA, just off the top of my head, but, you know. Yeah, that's, man. Work's being stupid. Work is dumb sometimes. Yeah. How is how is the Doug life going? Doug life has been good. Uh, yeah, not really too much to complain about. I mean, I could if you really wanted me to, but... Not nothing in particular is really sticking out. Excellent, excellent. So yes, we are the awesome cast. We talk about anime, video games, role playing things, whatever. I don't know. We talk about stuff we that we like, and you listen. I I hopefully uh, people do people still listen. I don't. No. No. Oh well, no. crap. No, no, yeah, no. Well, we've we've it's all it's all ruined. Uh, We're just doing this for our health. Okay. I mean, really. Uh, well, oh my it, gosh, that actually happened the other day. Wait, what? <laughs> okay, so we didn't go to swim class because uh, because Barry was injured and I'm invalid and can't drive. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so Barry was laying like in the bath in the bathtub, and I came in. And I just looked at him, and I was like, "So I guess we're not going to swim class tonight." And he looked at me and said, "I'm not just sitting here for my help, but ha, the joke was on him. He was sitting there for his help." Ah. <laughs> All right, folks. You know what they say: record three podcasts a day to keep the doctor away, and also. My wife, because she would get really mad if she suddenly had to edit three podcasts in a day. So don't record three podcasts. Just record podcasts like, I don't know, like once a week, maybe once every couple of weeks. Ah, I don't know. Twice a year so far. <laughs> well, we okay. We recorded other podcasts, I thought. We did, but they got lost in the ether. I think we still ha- we found the files, but they were the podcast recorded the week the, the the switch came out and also oh. right as the mighty Morphin power ranger live action movie came out yeah they're not nearly as timely as they were when we recorded them yeah hopefully we can still get them out at some point sometime some oh just... now i remember those things yeah just bring yes. up gig podcast in an anachronistic order <laughs> yeah so we'll we'll see how that goes but Power Rangers movie was awesome. I don't care what anybody else says. Even though it was terrible, it was also awesome. 
I like it. It's it wasn't good. bad. It was in theory. There's a podcast of us saying this, and maybe other people will get uh, that one day. Yeah, I'm trying to review those podcasts real quick. Uh, the switch, I was unpleased with. You just really didn't like one two switch. Yeah, I really hated one two switch, and at the time, that was all that there was. Now, now there's all sorts of things. Yeah, I'm sure I like all the sorts of things now, but at the time, I really hated one two switch. Which one day you <laughs> might get to hear about. Yeah. Eh. I well, really hated one two switch. That said, going tracking back to Kevin complaining about being at AWA, I'll be there. My wife will be there. Our editor, the most wonderful, lovely Anna ever. Anna, my wife. Um, but I am doing a, a panel, a singular panel at AWA. One one panel AWA. I'm doing one panel. Only one. Doesn't seem right. But Doesn't man. seem right. But that's what I got. Finding anime and manga online legally. It's going to be on the September 30th in uh, CGC 104 from 6.45 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Come find out things you may or may not already know, but you probably do. Because if you listen to this, you know how to yeah. find anime and manga legally, I hope. Spoilers, or, kids. 50% of it's Crunchyroll. <laughs> well, more. it's more like 50% of it's Verve, really, <laughs> if you think about it. Yeah. But... Anyways, there is that. You can find us there. You can also find us, the AwesomeCast, on the web at AwesomeCast.com, O-S-M-C-A-S-T.com, which you probably found out because you're listening, but again, maybe you would like to tell a friend. We would not mind. Hopefully, we'll be recording more of these. We'll see. I'm no longer, I've learned to never promise that ever again. Good. <laughs> you can also, man, that, that sounds like a threat. <laughs> making promises that you you don't realistically have any chance of keeping. Uh, Anywho's, we have an email, awesomecast at gmail.com. I still look on it on occasion because that's where I submit my panels with and I was hoping to get more panels, lady boy. Anyways, not not bitter, not bitter at all. You can also... Oh, you actually wanted more panels? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were glad that you didn't get more panels. No, no, no. I wanted like a final... I, I submitted like two different Final Fantasy fourteen panels. Huh. I also submitted my uh, Sayon Moda panel. Oh, okay. Like, I was actually, I, last year I did take a break from panels at AWA. And that was the best thing I could have done. It yeah. was really nice to be able to go to a con without having to worry about panels. That was cool. But now I'm back. I'm ready to do panels. And they just gave me the one. And it's the one I do at every con. So it's like, I mean, the panel I'm doing is important and it's necessary. And I'm glad I'm doing it. I was just hoping to do more. If one kid stops going to kiss anime and instead gets a Crunchyroll subscription, Basil, is, it's worth his time. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Which For real. is surprising that, you know, Crunchyroll doesn't pay you anything. You just do this. Well, yes, and frankly, that's fine. I don't really yeah. need yeah. the payment. I mean, I I just would rather have anime, like, where it's actually supposed to be and not... Yeah. Someplace yeah. that actually benefits the companies who make the anime, so they'll make us more anime. <laughs> That's the payment I need. The chance to spend more money. Yeah. Not to earn... Uh, yep. Uh. Yep. Honestly, Crunchyroll should watch up and totally pay you for this panel. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not just Crunchyroll. I also talk about Funimation. I also talk about VRV, which is also Crunchyroll. Ignore that. But I also talk about Netflix. Yeah. You know, there's Hulu. There is High Dive now. There's all sorts of places to get anime legally. Yay, it's legal. not just Crunchyroll, just a lot of it's Crunchyroll. 
And honestly, nowadays, shoot, half the good stuff's like on Anime Strike now. And so, oh yeah, yeah, it is. yeah, that's, yeah, and that's my, weird. Uh, my moment of awesome is on Anime Strike. <laughs> you know, it's really weird. Apparently, people are not digging Rage, the new Rage of Bahamut. Although I think it's just as good as the previous Rage of Bahamut. I dig it. I, I don't know. know. I, I, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, Anime Strike does have an overabundance of good shows. To the point where I finally broke down and <laughs> gave in. Yep, we all did. So, ah, shoot, let's go right on in into Moment of Awesome. It's a Moment of Awesome. So, Kevin, what's yours? Ooh, I know I had something for this. I do have something for this. You do. I potentially had two things for this. But, um, oh yeah, I remember. It was... Uh, because, you know, it was a couple weeks back now, but uh, the there is a prequel to, like, my favorite video game of 2016, Life is Strange. They've got a prequel game, Life is Strange Before the Storm, which is going to be a three-episode series that is uh, more shenanigans. Um, how do I sell this? Because, uh, basically, have you played Life is Strange? The answer is yes, you probably already want this prequel. If the answer is no, you probably play Life is Strange. <laughs> but um Then you'll want the prequel. Yeah. Uh the only slightly weird part of it is well, it's uh it's basically a point and click adventure game. It's the, you know, in not from the same people, but not dissimilar to the Telltale games, highly story driven, choice based gameplay um with in the original life is strange you play a girl who's developed an ability to inexplicably rewind time in the prequel you play your friend who has the inexplicable power to backtalk people into doing what she wants um it's actually not a superpower she just is really good at pissing people off and making them do what she wants uh, <laughs> she also has magically changing voices yeah that is true um you know, I can't, I don't remember the voice of uh, Chloe in the prequel. It was Ashley Birch in the original, who, interestingly, is not voicing her due to voice acting strike at the wrong time, um, but did write a lot of the stories and her dialogue. So that's sort of, she sounds, even though the, the voice actress they got is a pretty good sound alike. But the words she are saying sounds like things Chloe would say, which is maybe the most important part. Um, it's hard to say. I don't know where it's going. I don't know necessarily if there'll be weird and inexplicable supernatural phenomenon or not. Although the ending of the first episode implies there may be. <laughs> um, but it's a episodic series. Lots of fun. And full of things that Kevin likes that probably people are well aware of what Kevin likes at this point. Um, <laughs> not the giant robots, the other thing. Giant robots? Yes. No. <laughs> lesbians, Basil. Lesbians. Oh, right. <laughs> lesbians everywhere. Lesbian robots. Even better. No, no. Only extra one had ever hit the grand trifecta of lesbians, giant robots, and Lovecraftian horror. That's, that is a trifecta. It's like more shows need to go for that. Just saying. That's, uh, eh, actually, Cora came pretty close. <laughs> Just not all at the same time. <laughs> all right, Doug. 
what we got on Anime Strike? Uncle Lovecraft's Funtime Murder Death Hole. A.K.A. Maiden the Abyss. <laughs> yes, it's actually called Maiden the Abyss. But or Maiden Abyss. <laughs> referring to it as a Murder Time Fun Hole is a much more descriptive title. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> okay, so it's an anime. It's really cute. It's about like this little girl who makes who meets a robot cyborg boy, and a, a hole has appeared in the world, and you have to go down. And they're all like these relics from this ancient lost civilization in in this hole. And so, if you go into the hole and you you find the relics and you bring them up to the surface, like you can get lots of money. But there are these terrible consequences that happen to you if you go down in the hole, and then when, then happen when you come back up. And so you have to be able to survive all the terrible consequences. And that and that's full of terrible, horrible monsters yeah, who want to kill you. Yeah, and so <laughs> you know, it sounds it sounds like a setup for a pretty standard, straightforward JRPG style little story, and it takes that. And it just goes with it to the most horrifying conclusion possible. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it so much. Like, I was just saying the other day that uh, I really wanted something terrible. I really wanted something terrible. Just, like, horrifying. Not like a horror. Not that it was set out to be creepy. But you watch it because it seems soft and fluffy. And then as you ponder on it and think about it, you just realize how utterly mortifying this is. I haven't had this in, in, in a while in anime. And it just feels so good. <laughs> I, I like I like Made in Abyss also. Even though episode 10... Episode 10's good. Episode 10 actually makes made me nauseous. Like, <laughs> if you... It, it gets a little... It gets a little girl. I... Let's just say the protagonist has a really bad day. It, it gets a little girl, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I do like the idea of, like, the... I, I don't know, it's a little... If we ever do a podcast, maybe we'll into more. I, just, I have a theory that the Abyss actually wants to draw people down it. Because it's yeah. much easier to go down than go up. Yeah. Uh, putting aside I, I the creatures that want hell. to kill you. I think it might be hell. And I, it could be. I'm like, what? Well, I mean, we had Attack on Titan that was good and horrifying. We had Madoka that was good and horrifying. Like, we, we, we didn't have anything for a couple of seasons that was just this really, like, pretty surface. Like, the animation's beautiful. The animation is absolutely just, like... Gorgeous, like the characters have these simple character designs, um, and that really works more to its benefit because the backgrounds and all the items in the game are super complex <laughs> and detailed, and so it just it's just beautifully drawn. And then it has presents you with a monster that it, its cry is sort of like a mockingbird, only it's mimicking the the victim that it last killed to try and lure you. So it has all these people going, me. only it's like this terrible monster saying this. It's <laughs> wonderful. It's good, terrible stuff, yes. Like, ter not good isn't well made, terrible as in when you stop and think about it, you're like, my God, those poor children. <laughs> Yeah, like, the orphanage is basically sending these children off to, like, their certain doom in this murder pit in order to get, like, these magic items. It's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to follow that up 
with video game controllers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do they inspire existential dread? Yeah, no, actually, I don't think that they do. This is really, there's not really no good segue to go into video game controllers from that. Uncle Lovecraft's Funtime Murder Death Hulk. <laughs> Except that they're fun. I'm talking about the 8-bit dough controllers. Maybe you've heard of them, I don't know. But I'm telling you about them, so I guess you have now. So, I have been on a hunt for decent, not-made-by-Nintendo... Nintendo style controllers. And that is a, for the longest time, a fool's errand. Uh, I'm frankly, until now. Um, I have been trying to play various kinds of games on my phone and, or perhaps some sort of retro console of some raspberry or fruit concoction. Because I own certain games and they're annoying to play on a nice big screen TV without spending tons of money on a frame meister. And I don't have that kind of money yet. So, but I finally found it. 8-Bit Doe makes pretty darn good controllers. Um, and it's what's neater about it is that they'll tend to work on most things. You can use it on your phone. You can use it on your computer. You can use it now on the Nintendo Switch. In fact, in December, they're, ma- they're right now what they've got is they've got like an NES style controller and a Super Nintendo style controller. And the Nintendo style controller um, is more shaped like the dog bone style oh, yeah, later yeah. NES controllers. Whereas the Super Nintendo style is more, you know, Super Nintendo style. And what's neat is that they're now introducing, quote, pro versions of them. So they more or less throw in some analog sticks. <laughs> um, the Nintendo one's really neat. All the buttons are nice and clicky. It fits pretty well in the hand. Syncs to the Nintendo Switch just fine. The big problem is that it doesn't have like the the uh, gyroscope stuff or the rumble stuff. Mm-hmm. So you can't do everything with it. We can do a lot of things with it. But the Super Nintendo one that's coming out in December um, is going to have the gyroscope stuff. It is going to have the the rumble stuff. Like, it's more or less going to be a $50 wireless Pro Controller that's not an official Pro Controller, but frankly feels pretty darn good. I actually use the Super Nintendo style controller um, on my phone to play various games, and it works really well. All the buttons feel really good. It feels like owning a Super Nintendo controller that actually works on my phone. The buttons click right. They don't click dumb, wrong. There's no dead spots. It works like it's supposed to. I bought a clip for it that actually clips on the controller and it holds my phone up. So I don't have to worry about... I can play in bed with no issues. Um, it's... They are good controllers. You should buy 8 bit dough controllers. If you've got to buy any sort of weird, off-brand, goofy-ass controller, just get 8 bit dough. It, it's good. I, I like them. Now, they... Ah, here we go. They work just like magic. Speaking of magic. (laughs) Speaking of magic. Segway. We're going to talk about an anime. It's made by uh, Studio Trigger. It's called Little Witch Academia. Maybe you saw it in the title of the episode. We'll be right back. Thank you. 
Okay, so, anime in Japan kind of has a weird life to it, and it's a it's an old life, in that a lot of folks who make anime, especially people who get to, like, direct and run all the whole anime production companies, tend to be older. Don't have a lot of young folks in the animes. It is mostly older folks in, like, their 50s, 60s. I mean, shoot, Miyazaki still won't stop. He keeps retiring. He keeps retiring, keeps coming right on back, and... Yeah, you know, close to, like, half of Japan's population is 60 or older. Well, it's true, but there tends to be... There's a lot of talent... Yeah. ...that is going to be lost sooner rather than later. True. And there's not a ton of talent. I mean, there is talent coming up, but... Perhaps not as much as we really need it to once these older talents ever actually do retire or stop. And one of the things that has been been worked on to um, for that to happen, the Japanese government finally, you know, wait, this is my, maybe this is bad. Maybe we should do something. And one of the things that they have done is known as the Young Animator Training Project which used to be ran by the Agency uh, for Cultural Affairs and is now actually done by the Japanese Animation Creators Association. This anime we're talking about was a product of one of those, where it specifically was trying to get younger folks trained to animate. Mm-hmm. And there's a few of these that sort of shift around where people can do things, and it's not the perfect solution, but it... It helps. But I do greatly enjoy the idea of an actual government saying, here is money. Here is money we are giving you animation studios to train new people to make animation. You know, (laughs) and the project we're talking about originally existed for the Anime Mirai in 2013. And it's called Little Witch Academia. It's directed by Yoshinari. And he is a young, tender age... Of 46. So tender. So young. <laughs> so young. So young. At least by anime director standards, that's not a joke. <laughs> you know, this guy, he is, you know, this is from Studio Trigger, uh, from Maishi, and his folks who sort of broke off of Gynax to sort of do their own thing. And this is the same guy who did a lot of the visual design work for things like Gurren Login. Yeah. And this is sort of him and his crew sort of thing it's also you know the storyline a lot of the that sort of stuff was actually headed up by uh michiru uh shimada and she well she was born in 1959 so you do the math but she's worked on things like dr slump and uh little busters and uh, she's done lots of things um she worked on stuff like dr slump and and of uh, Green Gables and some One Piece stuff. She's done she's done lots of little things, you know, or big things. And she sort of she worked on things like Creamy Mommy, and she's been working throughout the years. And it was the music's done by uh, Michiru Oshima, who did Magic Users Club and Legend of Lagaya. Yeah, <laughs> go figure. <laughs> I miss Legend of Lagaya. <laughs> and this did so well. This cop captured. Like, I remember when Lula Chagnina first came out, um, and it was on YouTube. Tr- Studio Trigger was one of their first um, things they could put out 
on the internet along with Inferno Cop, um, which was another amazing thing that's completely, something completely different. <laughs> amazing for totally different reasons. And we would watch it like on loop over and over again on YouTube until it was taken down off YouTube for some reason. And then Crunchyroll got it, and but it was more or less the equivalent of YouTube. And it really, I think, caught, because of its designs, it really caught a way more American side of the audience than they, I think they were expecting. Yeah. And so they decided to go, they did another episode of it, another 30-minute well, thing. Yeah, they, they kick-started yeah. another episode. That's what I'm saying. They, they, they decided to make one, and they went to Kickstarter for funding. And it got funded in, like, I don't know, like, a couple of hours, I think. Yeah, it got funded pretty quick. And then the money kept coming. <laughs> and I think they got to, like, I think they got extended out. I think it was reached, like, 15, yeah. 20 minutes. And it, it, they, the first short, uh, the first, the original OAV was, like, 30 minutes long, roughly. And the second one was actually closer to an hour. When they eventually all said and done, it was like, okay, we really actually can't make it much longer than that. But, you know, it was like, we can make an hour. And then, out of nowhere, they went, oh, well, you know what? And finally, having these two episodes, and eventually putting them on like Netflix and stuff, and they were doing really well on Netflix. Suddenly, um, I guess Netflix decided to hand them a bucket of money. Which they do sometimes. And they made a whole 24, 26... 25-episode run of it? Uh, I want to say 25, but I'm not absolutely positive. 20, yes, yes, 25. 25. 25 sounds good. They gave us the first 13 episodes um, in June, and then recently, uh, this past August, they gave us the last 12. Okay. Calling it a, quote, second season. Even though it was one continuous season in yeah, Japan. Yeah, we didn't get the first season until several months after, well, a couple of months after it ran in Japan. Which I kind of wonder, since Netflix has, like, multiple languages. Yeah. And it probably takes time for them to do, like, the translating and the ADR work. And... Probably, and yeah, there are different dubs and different subtitle tracks to worry about. And Netflix is really, really, really about binge-watching, not yeah. just... And I binge-watched the hell out of this show, but that's, uh... Oh yeah, oh yeah. This rewatching this show, or well, watching this show and binging it, as it were, all in one go, reminded me just how much fun it can be to to actually binge an anime. <laughs> just chug it down, and it's man. Yeah, don't do that as often anymore. We have gotten to this, you know, once a week, you know, kind of. Well, we we you know back in the day we would only get episodes like three or four at a time. Yeah. Sometimes like two at a time, and. Until DVDs, and then came through more three or four. Um, but, and then, but, you know, it's kind of like, you know, buying that box set. Yeah. You know, and being able to watch all of it at once. I'm like, oh, man, that was so good to be able to just watch it, not to worry about it. And I really feel that Little Witch Academia really is a, is a good show to, like, just watch. It's a feast for the eyes. It's so good looking. and Yeah. It's and got... mostly... Good for the whole family, I'd say. I yeah, kinda, it's pretty like even by anime standards, it's pretty damn wholesome. Um, by regular cartoon standards, it's fairly wholesome. So okay, we've talked now around around Little Witch Academia. So in case you didn't know about this, it's about witches who are young and they're in a school. Yeah. Hence, Little Witch Academia. 
Yeah, although it's a little more uh, Worst Witch than Harry Potter, but there's definitely some influences. <laughs> oh yeah, like it takes place in modern day. You got cell phones and apps and everything. Yeah. Heavily implied, but never stated to be in England. <laughs> Yeah, it, there gets to be a certain point in the series where they avoid saying the names of countries really. You, it becomes you. It becomes more obvious they're avoiding saying the names of countries, although it's pretty clear they're in England. It's pretty clear the main character, Akko, is originally from Japan. It's also pretty clear one of her friends is from Finland, but they never name places, and it's a little up to you figure out context. There's that other country. And the other country. The exactly. other country. Now, now to to put it to pause, what we're mostly talking about really is going to pertain to the TV series. Yeah. The OAVs are good, and they clearly set the stage for what the eventually TV series becomes. There are some minor differences, and they're kind of clearly their own continuity. <laughs> but it, it's all good. You should watch all of it. But just so you know, we're going to primarily probably talk about the TV show. Yeah, it won't hurt your enjoyment of either to watch both. Um. It's actually kind of interesting to see how much they glean from, especially that first episode, to create the whole context of the entire show. Yeah. So, we've got our main character, Akko. Boy, she really wants to be a really good, awesome witch that brings joy and happiness to everybody. Just like her hero, heroine, whatever, shiny chariot, well, who is a baller, yeah. stage magician, who it actually uses an actual action. magician. Yeah, actual magician. But basically put on, like, flashy special effects shows with magic. <laughs> and they were flashy as hell. So flashy that Akko was going to become the pirate king. I mean... She was going to be a prince herself. I mean... <laughs> Hokage. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that thing. Magic. Yeah, yeah. Magic. She was going to do magic. Be a witch. She's going to be the best witch ever. Despite what all evidence to the contrary suggests. <laughs> at all times. Because she's not... She's not that good at... Great at the... She's got heart. You know yeah. what? She's got heart. All right. Like, you know how most anime protagonists are secretly amazing at something related to whatever magical shenanigans make up their show? Akko just barely qualifies to be part of the magical shenanigans of her show. <laughs> really, she needs backup, and thankfully this, this she's got awesome backup in spades. Yeah, she's pretty good about roping her friends into her adventures. And somehow making friends to rope into her adventure. Susie is the best witch. <laughs> I think everyone's the best witch. No, Susie's the on... best witch. Yeah, you're... So, so tell us about how, how best Susie is. Well, uh, she wears the long... Like, everybody's costume is clearly modifiable. Even <laughs> though it's supposed to be a school uniform. Obviously, there's modifications that are allowed. And Susie wears the down-to-the-floor version. She's the one that's always, like, brewing stuff. And has an obsession with mushrooms. And, and poisons. And, and poisons. And is constantly using Akko as a test guinea pig. And you kind of get the feeling she's the brains of the operation. <laughs> and not necessarily by choice. <laughs> 
And of course, there's, you know, if we're going to the trio, besides Akko, there's also her friend Lote, who is uh, kind of the... Well... I was going to say brains of the group, but... <laughs> Susie really is the brains, but Lotte is kind of the quiet one. Like, she's the... She's... She's got, like, more of the book smarts. Yeah. Like... Susie is more audacity. <laughs> she Susie more runs on audacity that she will do this thing, and people are not expecting anyone to do this thing, and she will somehow pull it off. There's Lotte's more... Look, when you think of a witch... Yeah, Susie, Susie is the is witch. more or less what She is the potion-brewing, cackling witch. That's, <laughs> that's what she will grow up into, and she will be happy to be that. You were actually telling me something uh, interesting, how a lot of her, her stuff was based off, like, a Korean fairy tale. Uh, Filipino. Oh. Wait, no. No, yes, maybe. Ah, crap. No, I don't remember. I think Filipino. It's her... Uh, her last name is actually uh, kind of a Filipino witch, and a lot of her trappings kind of uh, allude to those legends. Um, but it's uh, that's one of those you just about have to read side material to realize anything about her. That, but well, that's the thing with this show is that it really, really pulls from a lot of sources. Yeah. But pulls from a lot of sources very well. Yeah. And you won't real. It all looks cool and it all sounds good and it's really enjoyable, but until you start really looking into things, you're like, oh, well, that is actually yeah. very appropriate. I have to say, Lotte's more the nerdy one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, she's adorable and has heart and, you know, but she reads like trashy romance novels and mostly like dreams up ways to, you know, She's like, yeah, she probably studies the best out of all of them. But, she uh, she kind of feels like she, whereas, you know, Susie's the more classic witch. Lotte, you know, it's way more of the Harry Potter new style. Yeah. Like magic user. As you would understand now from reading kids' books. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, yeah, it's a. Finsley's. We all know the best witch is Constance. <laughs> This is pretty cool. Well, she's like the Slytherin witch. She is not the Slytherin witch. She's the also technobabble. Oh, oh, sorry. Building tiny Sega Saturn bots. I was yeah. confusing Constance and and Diana. Yeah, and Diana. Yeah, Diana's the one who's obviously a Slytherin, but is actually not that bad in spite of it. <laughs> hey, now Slytherins aren't all bad. Just the ones in the movies. <laughs> I mean, I assume that they haven't kicked, at least in Harry Potter, that they haven't kicked Slytherins out of the school entirely. Suggests there's at least a high percentage of them that are just clever and whatever Slytherins are supposed to be. Um. <laughs> and in this show, this Slytherin is is clearly like the bell of the ball. Like she is, yeah. she is the most competent and badass and smart and pretty and. Everything you'd actually want in a witch. The other thing is she's actually really nice, too. Like, most of the time, like, she ends... Even though she's set as sort of the antagonist to... to, Or the foil to our hero, like... Most of the time, she's actually doing a good thing. Like, if it turned out Draco Malfoy was actually, like, doing charity work on the side or something, you know? It's like... (laughs) Well, I, I, I think the biggest difference between this and something like Harry Potter or, you know, 
whatever else is that a this is very much a cartoon yes like they they stretch they pull they squash they squish like it, it's very well animated and yeah. i mean i mean it's like it not only as animated but as a straight up cartoon but they're not afraid to get a little looney tunes with it once in a while our biggest hero is akko our biggest villain is also akko <laughs> Yep, she is a witch she after all. She is mostly the creator of her own misfortune for a good chunk of the time. <laughs> like, she tends to dig herself into holes, and then the trick is, oh boy, Akko's done something crazy. How is she going to get out of this one? Akko, did you introduce communism to the fairies? <laughs> oh, Akko. <laughs> so, so yeah, like... Uh, like Deanna, like she is the quote foil, but she doesn't really do her much foil is foiling. Yeah, her, her foil is yeah, competence. She is. It actually, you, if you want to listen to an argument, it actually shows that ambition and drive are can be very positive qualities. Um, hard and hard work combined with that, you know, can get you a long way. Now her two, now Diana's two little follower girls are legit bitches for apparently no other reason. Yeah, because they're the best friends with the, like, the queen of the school and can get away with well, it. Well, I'm not sure that, is that, I'm not sure that Diana even considers them to be that good friends. I think Diana may even consider them to be hangers-on. The problem is that she's never actually mean to anybody. No. Yeah. And so there's no real way to know. Her friends are frequently mean to Akko, at least. Um, but whether or not, but Diana is generally not so much directly mean to Akko as just like more of a, oh God, Akko, what have you done this week? And how am I going to have to clean it up? Yeah. Which is a fair question. <laughs> yes. So she comes off as pretty likable, weirdly enough, for someone who is kind of set up as the rival. Or we can talk about Amanda O'Neill. Well, yeah, there's, I mean, well, one thing just about the show is that even besides the witches who actually have names that you hear in the show and develop characters is every background witch apparently has a name and they're yep. very consistent with their appearances. And somewhere there's a little book that was like for information with the show that they basically have every witch's name and some little personality details written down and they try to actually be consistent with that in the as they wander through the backgrounds. <laughs> or, you could be telling us how badass Amanda O'Neill is, Kevin. Well, yes, but, um, okay, Amanda O'Neill actually has a name and a personality and is possibly Irish-American. Um, <laughs> for what that's, but, uh, she, she's like the bad girl. Like, even discounting that she looks like she occasionally pole dances on her broom. Um, but even aside that, she's the one who's likely to cut class and steal. Like, <laughs> well, she has so much freaking agility and outrageous like talent on her broom. Yeah. That comes incredibly easy to her. I mean, I would not be surprised if it turns out she's actually like the second or third best overall witch in the school. Like, she clearly... Has magic power, just... Well, she's at least certainly very gifted at riding a broom. Which is something our protagonist is absolutely terrible at. <laughs> but... Well, yes. Our protagonist cannot ride a broom at all. Period. Ever. It's She just doesn't have it in her. It's a running thing in the show that she cannot get the hang of riding a broom. 
but Amanda O'Neill is super, super good at it. And she, and then you also have, you know, to round out the, the our other alternate, there's like three trios. There's three trios. There's our, our Akko, main... Latte, Susie, who are sort of our main protagonists. There's the Diana and her two friends trio. And then there's uh, Amanda O'Neill and her friends, Constance and Jasminka, who are... Whose big thing is that she likes munching on stuff. Yeah, Jasminka likes treats. She likes candy. She likes munching on things. She always has food on her. Um, and she's mostly just in the background and bees and is adorable. Um, <laughs> whereas Constance is a little girl, like tiny compared to everyone who doesn't talk and just makes little techno magical gadgets, which is, makes her pretty awesome. <laughs> has her little army, little Sega Saturn topped robots. Yeah. And secret engineering dungeons. That uh, that I w- still wonder if they were in the school to begin with, or did she make the secret engineering dungeon? <laughs> That's man. <laughs> this show does not always have to explain everything because it doesn't really matter. They explain what does matter, and that is Akko. Her biggest magic is that she hoodwinks all these other characters to follow through. Her magic is charisma. She also becomes semi passable at shape shifting. Yeah, yeah. And so the majority of this, you know, of the storylines tends to be she's really all about witches being cool and awesome and everyone should be totally, like, cool and awesome being witches. Yeah. And everyone's like, haha, you're crap at magic. And then she's like, well, screw you. Uh, I'm going to do this this thing. That thing's not going to work. I'm going to do this thing that really backfired on you. Well, I'll do this other thing. Okay, everything evened out. Zero-sum game. Sure, great. Awesome. Good job, Akko. My true magic is friendship. Yeah, okay. Whatever. That's that's nice. And pretty much the first half of the show is just kind of episodic hijinks. That's just like, oh, this silly thing is happening. And okay, how does the characters react to this silly thing? Well, a lot of it, a lot of it is, you know, they're building the world. They're doing a lot of character yeah. building. You know, they also introduce, I think, Andrew... You yeah, know, random political Andrew the boyfriend. Um, <laughs> Andrew the not love interest. <laughs> you know, boy, they keep trying to sort of push it, but not really. It's well, there's a few like that. Like he also has that friend who is for almost but not quite dating Lote sometimes. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. We c- but it actually becomes important that we have a random muggle in the cast. It does become important. It does. I mean, eventually they set the world, and then especially in the second half, um, there's an actual plot and there's a resolution. And, and to be fair, a lot of seemingly insignificant details in the first half become important later on. Now, this 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 story does a very good job of laying down the groundwork and then throwing lots of little bits here and there that they then pull from to be like, ah, you thought that was just a stupid one-off thing? No, no. actually, this thing is in the very first episode. That's really important. We just didn't tell you. We were just hinting at it all along. And it it works out real well. You think it's just a, a silly, goofy, fun thing to watch. And then like, oh, this is like legit awesome. Great. This is this is a real story. I mean, it was a real story, but then now it's a really real story. Really real. <laughs> and I guess now will be the time to take a break and we'll come back and we'll we'll talk about the story and our spoilers. This is the Awesome Cast. 
Alright, folks. Just to warn you. Alright, just go watch this on Netflix. Just go watch it. Just go, go watch it right now. We'll wait. Come back. Resume play. And then you'll discover... Chariot fans can't fly. Chariot <laughs> fans can't fly. <laughs> it's true. Like the like, majestic penguin. <laughs> God, the freaking first, like, watching, like, it's, it's in the TV show, it's in the OAV. You watch that very first freaking chariot show that she does, and you actually watch both Deanna and Akko being entranced. By chariot while they're getting their magic sucked out of them. <laughs> like it's 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 all right there, um, and explains why Akko is only now having you know because they covered Diana, she didn't have magic at first and it took a lot of work for it to come back. But she but worked Ak- hard. Well, and, she worked hard, yeah. and she's been working since she was a kid. Yeah. You know, Akko just dreamed of magic, but she never had a chance to actually practice it until she started going to Luna Nova. And so, she's got the magical equivalent of she broke her arm and it healed wrong. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, they went to the show. Their magic was probably like a 50, went down to zero. Diana's been working. She got back to 50 and she's been leveling up since then. Akko's starting this whole show at zero. And no wonder she's crap at magic. But that's okay, because she can still use the plot device. And that's fine. <laughs> because she believes in magic so much. That she gets the plot. And I really just like, you know, that we didn't really talk about the teachers. No, not yet. Prequel. You know, I think they do a really good job of Ursula. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, Chariot in Disguise. You know, she's a really, really good... I mean, that's a... I know there's a spoiler, but that's kind of... That's so almost not a spoiler. Well, yeah, like, that one's <laughs> not a spoiler that she's Chariot, but the fact that it's her fault... That, for the whole yeah. Akko thing. Like, the person that Akko's looked up to more than anything else is also the reason why she has so much issues with using magic. It's just a really nice circular... What, what a twist! Yeah. yeah, except it's actually kind of a good twist. Um, more so even because Chariot actually did this completely on accident. Because she was trying... Basically, she got given a spell by a friend of hers who didn't really explain exactly what it did. <laughs> it's true. And then when she was done, when she realized what the magic spell did by Croy, I mean, we're in spoilers. It doesn't really matter who we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, good old Croy. Yo, who is Kevin's actual favorite witch. Yeah, she is totally But we couldn't actually witch. talk about that until... He's going to show up till the second half and, like, she should just have spoiler tags floating around her when she descends on her flying Roomba. <laughs> God, those flying Roombas with our little weird digi goblins. Yes, digiblins. Yes, because I don't know. It's like if because she's like even more of a techno mage than Constance is. Like, well, like Constance is like a mechanical mage. Yeah, like she like builds like robots and awesome like mecha and, and, and flying ships and stuff. Like yeah. she doesn't really she like Croy is way more modern. I mean, she's there to teach modern magic and everything is actually like at base and actual like digitized looking magic. She's, yeah, she's more like a wizard computer programmer. <laughs> yeah. 
She's like a she's like a magical activist. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, kind of. But you what know, was it you kept saying Kevin, she was a, a a son of ether in a crowd of verbena. <laughs> sort of, yeah. <laughs> if you remember the old mage games, yeah. Um, but Croy, who just got this, you know, great sexy butch thing going on, by the way, um, <laughs> but um, used I, to be Chariot's BFF back in Wizard School. And just, uh, they kind of, uh, things went south when Chariot turned out to be the chosen one. <laughs> and it's one of those where, it was a really, you know, the whole Magic MacGuffin, the eventual release, the true magic or whatever, okay, that's fine, whatever. They use this in a really interesting way where they, they take this MacGuffin and it's double-layered because Akko is just trying to repeat the path that Chariot took. But while this is still going on, you know, Croy's just trying to circumvent the whole thing entirely. Yeah. Using the power of soccer and, and, and soccer fans being hooligans. Where a national revolution might happen because of a, a contested goal. And she's basically built her own internet hate machine to, uh, like, channel the people's emotions and inflame those emotions... To eventually crack open the little magical chosen one seal. Because there's a goddamn app for that. Yeah. Because there's a freaking app for that. Yep. <sighs> yep. Yep. The uh, the Play Store will destroy us all one day. Yeah. Yeah. Or the or the Apple App Store. Don't forget, you know, that there, there's two different kinds. Yeah, I'm sure she had it for both. Like, oh, you yeah. probably would get it for Windows phones. She was just no, covering no, the cat, all the cat, Let's not get it. <laughs> that's an entirely different hate machine right there. Like, that's, <laughs> like, I don't think even... I'm not... All right, you know yourself. Do, do Windows phones even still exist? You know, I have not seen one in quite a long time. I suspect they make them, but I don't know who sells them. <laughs> but... Yeah, if you got Android, Apple, I'm sure there was the her, you know, you know, D hate app or whatever, you know, ga- app gathering yeah. thing, and then they fight a giant missile because because using the power of hate to try to open the ancient secret magical seal really didn't consider much about what would happen when that went out of control. <laughs> now l- l- let's talk. Like I love the fact that. A, Quarry's plan works. Yeah. It should have, like, she was correct. She absolutely opened up the gate like she wanted to. Yeah, she basically lost for getting everything she was trying to do. <laughs> and, but she didn't have the thing to actually make use of the magic. Yeah. Because it was a two-part thing, and they just gave her the, yeah, you did it. But she didn't have any way to actually channel the magic. Yeah, the she only, she only had one part of the magic wooden stick, and it's like, yay! It creates useless party tricks. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, that's uh, honestly, I think it would have been hilarious if that's all it really did ever. But you know, it's <laughs> but you know, and uh, the show was so good. Yeah, you know, I really liked all the lessons that Akko learned. Yeah, as she was activating the MacGuffins. <laughs> yeah, and then would someone would forget some of the lessons until later. <laughs> Because just because you learned something doesn't mean it sticks with you. But then she actually had you know the you know, her shiny rod and then the magical wooden stick of destiny, <laughs> so she they can build their badass ultra broom, go take on the giant freaking uh, you know missile, 
And I, the one of the things I remember, Ken, you keep mentioning when we were watching this show, you're like, well, you're like hmm, that's pretty Celtic. Hmm. There's other, that's actually pretty Celtic. Like, you said that several times. Yeah. Yeah, they did their research on the, for the show. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, uh... They put it in there just kind of sparingly so that it wasn't necessarily hitting you over the head with it, but it was there if you wanted. It gave it some nice flavor. I mean, it drifts all over the place, but yeah, there are definitely some strong Celtic influences. I mean, you also get a few random bits of Norse influence here and there. One big one, actually, but they're, you know, it's... <laughs> Two, depending on how you count Fafnir the Dragon actually being in it. But, um, <laughs> I forgot all about Fafnir the Dragon. I mean, he's kind of a one-episode wonder, but... Uh, but he's still there. But he's quite a wonder. Yeah. He's quite a wonder. Then you also have the awesome, like, magical, like, trashy romance novel series. Yeah. That has been spread out throughout the ages, so there's a non-stop line of books for people to buy and read. Yeah. It's honestly what... It just sounds like Twilight, but awesome. <laughs> so I would wish, kind of wish it existed. <laughs> like there are a lot of just really good one-off, you know, characters, and then the mat, you know, and don't forget the magical adventures in Asshole Boy School. Yeah, yeah, which gets a few random Mutana shout-outs in it. Um, I was like, how there's a random pawn shop guy who looks like Chum Lee from Pawn Stars, um, <laughs> apparently <Yeah>. intentionally. <laughs> Okay. A lot so, of good random stuff in this show. Let's get into questions from internet folks like you. Oh gosh, there's at questions. Nico at Nico Scream. How do they feel about their chances in the cross-school softball game with My Hero Academia? I... Pretty terribly. They're yeah. screwed. They're screwed. They're, they're so screwed. They're screwed. Like, they can use magic, but they, they ain't superheroes. For, c- come on. Yeah, but, you know, you know Deku's going to, like, break his arm throwing out a pitch or something. Probably, but, <laughs> but what about all the rest of them? All the rest of them that are highly confident versus this, these witches that only have one confident one. And, and Nako's going to somehow win it, despite everything. <laughs> Except the Deku might win it in spite of everything. Like, it's, it, you can't... It'll end in an epic tie where they both somehow wreck themselves in the process. <laughs> all right. Now here comes from <clears throat> a Lucius Hambone solo, Charlie, at the Sommelier. How much witch could a little witch witch of a little witch could witch academia? Seven. African witch or European witch? If you could witch and <laughs> academia, but you would also little, would you? I think I would. Yes. Probably. Uh, that, that's a definite maybe. What is your favorite sandwich as it pertains to Little Witch Academia? Uh, Mushroom. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, what kind of mushroom? Oh, that's a good... Uh... Whichever one makes you see the shit from the Susie episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I might have to go with a remedy mushroom. But could that also be a poisonous mushroom? It, it is. Yes. Oh, okay. It just hopefully kills what's wrong with you first. <laughs> Kevin, what's your, what's your sandwich? What's your, what's your Whittle Witch Academia sandwich? I'd like a Croy sandwich. I... Uh, Kevin? <laughs> Kevin? 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 Come on. <laughs> Sorry, just Croy is super hot. I don't, don't, don't what anyone says. Kevin, we don't need you to be a dirty boy right now. You Be a good boy. Be a good boy. Good boy. I... 
don't know how to make a sandwich joke. <laughs> maybe you don't. Maybe you just like a really good, like, I don't know, like a good roast beef sandwich to make like a hero where you, you get some some roast beef and some ham and some turkey and you throw in some lettuce and some mushrooms and some tomatoes and all, all that good stuff. Because this show has all the all that good stuff. Yeah, sure. Let's go. No, that's that. my answer. You get to give your own answer. What's your <laughs> what's your sandwich, Kevin? Fine. Pizza. What's your what's your little witch academia pizza? <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> you can't use mushrooms. So like Doug's already on mushrooms. I, I've done the hero sandwich. Come on. Give us your sandwich. Whatever that disgusting Finnish delicacy was. <laughs> sandwich. Alright, alright. <laughs> I don't even know what that was. Next up. It looked terrible. Why are witches? Because. Why are witches? Why are witches? Is this still a Charlie question? Yes, it still is a... <laughs> still is a Charlie question. He pretty much did all the questions. Why not witches? Why not witches? Well, it is a world where magic is stated to exist. And as the show goes over... In a lot of detail, the witches can only do the magic because of the Sorcerer's Stone that acts as, like, a magic Wi-Fi power signal. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting element of... The show kind of suggests that the real heyday of the witches is kind of long past, and that they're kind of in a decline, in all honesty. It doesn't suggest that. It says that outright several times. What it suggests is that... Magic is partially based off belief in magic. And in the darker ages, when technology advances were not made, magic was way more powerful because way more people believed in it because it was way easier to magic something, I'm sure, than it was to technologically do something. You yeah. know. But as technolo- te- technology increased and became way more commonplace... You know, there were less people having to believe in magic to get things done. Yeah. And so for the general magic sort of, the belief dried up, so the magic dried up. Yeah, there's a strong reoccurring element of people who are not magical being like, oh, magic's just kind of dumb and we don't really need that anymore. Well, it, it also kind of plays a little bit to the, a little bit to the I- I- idea of the reason why we don't see fairies anymore is because all of the paths are too well trodden. Does that make any sense? Yeah. You yeah. know of that theory, right? Yeah. Well, we'll explain to those There's who know. no little weird secret places anymore. Yeah. <laughs> is that too much of the world is well known, and like fairies always existed kind of beyond the veil and in the shadow, in places where humans didn't really know all that well. And well, now humans know the world too well. There's not any little hidden places like that yeah. anymore. So there's no mystery to the magic. Right. That being said, if you see a ring of mushrooms, step in it at your own peril. So, I mean, the big climactic finish of the show is because everyone clapped for Tinkerbell. Yeah. I mean, everyone believed in magic because there was this giant-ass missile, and unless you believed in magic, that missile was going to kill us all. (laughs) So you best believe in some magic. Yep. And then he also asked, why for the things in Little Bat Chicken Amy, which I kind of think we just answered. Yeah. I think we just did, in fact, yes. All right. Tobias says, On a scale to amazing to unforgettable, how'd your weight, Little Witch Academia? Um, oh, I think Little Witch Academia, I think it 
deserves a place as one of anime's classics. Like, I I think it's really good. Yeah, I hope that people are still watching this years from now. <laughs> I, I really hope that it being on Netflix will get it into as many people's visual yeah. audio and honestly, yeah, sockets as it were, you know, receivers. I mean, people will complain about not getting it like, you know, as it came out, but more people have Netflix than most any Anything other streaming else. service and if your anime is on Netflix, that makes it super accessible. Yeah. Like, I, I feel it's getting to the point where Netflix is more important than, like, potentially, eventually, it's going to eclipse being, like, on Toonami or something. Like, it's, being on Netflix is super good, super important, and I think there's been probably way more people that have now seen this show because of it, which is great. But, yeah, it's, it's my favorite show to watch in a, in a well, there's lots of really good shows. There's lots of really good shows, and there's been even a lot kind of recently, but this but man, is one... this is is notable, even amongst the rather good anime. This very well could be my favorite anime this year. Very easily I could see it taking that. Like, man, when Trigger is on point, they are goddamn on point. Sorry, yeah. they are witch damn on point. <laughs> yeah, when uh, Trigger... When Trigger is Trigger, they're, um... It's something special. Alright, and from Passion Tentacle? Yeah, yes! Wait, that's just being happy that we're doing a podcast about this. Well, thanks, Ruby. Uh, I'm glad you're... Hopefully you're listening. Um, Please listen. <laughs> and next time, give us questions. We want to hear from you and everybody else who's listening. Also, and then from Tobias, favorite episode slash character slash etc. Episode, the one where the awesome pirate ship turns into a giant robot. Which is perilously close to my favorite episode. Um... I don't know, I'll, uh... Yeah, just about actually is my favorite episode. Although, uh, close second for the, uh, sneaking into the boys' school episode. Ah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Doug, what's your favorite episode? Uh, the episode where they go inside Susie's head. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. That is also, uh, that's probably definitely the best episode of the first half. Um, you know, I, my favorite, as for favorite character, definitely Croy. Um... She was uh, a villain who had, I thought, was strangely relatable for her villainy, um, and she uh, mostly just stands around and is awesome. Except, and but as a total dork who eats noodles in her secret laboratory. <laughs> I'll deal with Ursula. Like I really like you know the whole older teacher trying to, you know, I think she realizes that her mistakes and that, you know. Akko was definitely, unfortunately, a victim to her problems. And so she definitely, she, A, wanted to try and fix things by trying to do her best to teach her as best she can. Because she's doing this whole teaching thing. And this wasn't what was supposed to be her gig. Her gig is supposed to be the ultimate stage magician and giving magic out to, to the world to be awesome to look at. Oh, man, magic's cool looking. Not a teacher, and now she's stuck trying to teach, and next thing you know, oh god, this girl is clearly screwed over because of what I did, and now she has to teach that, and oh wait, she's also the main character of the new storyline? Well, crap, now I gotta do that too. Oh look, she has my old magical relic, and apparently she's the chosen one now. Well, crap. <laughs> you know, it's it's just a really, you know, and you and it's there from like episode one. 
Yeah. Like, it, it's a... But God, they did such a great job of taking that OAV, that little 30-minute thing, and then extrapolating this whole thing of... out of it. And it, they just... Doug, favorite character? Susie. Why? Yeah, yeah. Seriously? <laughs> I know. He knows. You've talked about it a little bit, but everyone else there in the world doesn't realize. Because she's amazing. <laughs> How is she amazing? God, you want me to actually have to explain it? She's just... yeah. Alright. Because, you know, Lote is your friend who helps you move. Susie is your friend who helps you move bodies. Yes. <laughs> All right, Kevin. Favorite, etc. Um, favorite, etc. Uh, man, that's what the uh, question asks. What's your favorite, etc.? Mm, well, before you can, before you can steal it, the ship that turns into a giant robot. Ah, that, that was a good totally one. Totally like little witch girl and login for like a couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah, that that might have been my favorite too. But Kevin stole it, so you had to think of another one. <laughs> what? No. Kevin stole it. He took it. Took it from both of us. Uh, mm, but that one was so good. <laughs> What's your favorite etc. moment from the Susie episode? Well, actually, no. I'm going to go with a different one. I'm going to go with the Moss people. Oh, yeah. With Santa Claus? Yes. But not with, it wasn't actually Santa Claus that I liked. I liked, I, I, I liked the Yeti. <laughs> Yeti put upon good. Yeti, who yeah. got mad at like the internet trolls, and yeah. yeah, yeah, who I think was supposed to be an allegory for the animators, but um, <laughs> I kind I kind of like the Magic Bee incident. Oh, yeah. Magic Bee incident, like it was, it was that was clearly a common storyline goof that was executed really well. And I also like the sort of the, the Cinderella kit. Oh yeah. But you're like, all right, be a princess, but you only get it for a few hours. Go have fun. Like, and that actually basically was like a Cinderella. They called it the Cinderella kid or something like that. That was that was good stuff. All right, let's let's take a break. We'll come back with final thoughts and our awesomes out of awesome. Stay tuned. This is the Awesome Cast. Kevin, final thoughts. Oh, man. Little Witch Academia is just, like, pretty damn great. Um, and I, I... And just that I take strange comfort knowing that the director ships Akko and Diana. You know, I... It was really funny, that second opening. Yeah. Where they're really riffing on their... Um, Kill a kill second opening. Yeah. Where you have the two females, uh, you know, polar opposites, as it were, marching down against each other. And I'm like, why? I get the visuals you're trying to go for this, and it makes no sense in the context of this show. (laughs) Especially when you have the Akko and Diana, like, two-parter hanging out episode. I, I think it's more supposed to be evocative of the younger Croy and Chariot. It, it, it. 
where yes. they were very much firmly friends in school. Right. And it's like they walk towards each other, they cross paths, and then change to Croy and Chariot. And then as you change back, you see Akko and Diana, like, grabbing each other's hands. <laughs> all right, all right, you got me there. Like, and I, I really like that imagery. <laughs> all right. Final thoughts, Doug? I think it's a very good show. I think you, if you like anime, you are denying yourself by not watching it. Um, I also think, though, that you may have a... You, if you're not willing to have fun with the anime, you may not get to enjoy it as much. So don't take yourself seriously, because the people who made this were very obviously making it for kids. Uh, yes, but I think they were just... I think they're making it for everyone. Yeah. Like, I think this is one of those more Pixar sort of things. Yeah. I, well, I would argue... Well, one... Just, well, it's just, it's just the way that Akko manages to be the hero every time, even though she's the one who screws up every time. It, <laughs> it, it really just strikes me as being, like, something they would show in Japan to kids. <laughs> and, and so if you're willing to have fun with it, that's exactly what it is, and you should watch but, it. It, and it does never drift into anything ultra violent and gory, and it's never like sexually explicit. Yeah. Even by the general standards of Japanese kids' shows, it's not even really sexually explicit. It's uh, like they deliberately avoid any kind of panty shots, which even if this was the like most kids' shows in Japan, probably would go for. Um, just as something that's really notable. Um, I, it's like I say, this is probably legitimately something safe to watch with your kids. If, you know, you happen to be one of these, uh, uh, otaku families who now has children and are like, boy, what do I watch with my young children? You know, this could be a good one. It also has a pretty solid English dub. Yeah, y yes it does, actually. Which You're is right. probably worth mentioning. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that, like. I mostly watched it dubbed. In. I mean, the Japanese voice actors are great, but it does have a very solid English dub. Uh, I, in fact, think the English language Susie is almost a spot-on imitation, and I actually like Croy better in English. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if I agree with that, but I do think the English show is very good. Mm -hmm. Like I, I have listened in Japanese and in English. They're both dub cast, especially once the English cast gets going. Yeah, they're both very good. They both do a very great job of, especially what makes the show work and what the characters do and what the characters work in it. It's a great example. I also think because of that, and it's on Netflix. This is a great first anime to show somebody. Yeah, like if you need to get someone into anime or someone who's lapsed in anime, this is a great show to get them back on track, as it were, or to put them on the track. It, it's a great. It's a, great show. it's a great yeah. show. It's a great show. It's really fun to watch. Um, like, it looks great. It sounds great. The music's fun. Um, characters get, yeah, it's, this show's awesome. In fact, how awesome is it? It's seven shining stars of the Big Dipper of awesome. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. How awesome is it? I'd say it's three little witches of awesome. I'm going to give it one grand Academy of Luna Nova and the poor beleaguered workforce that keeps it running <laughs> out of awesome. You know, man, that's a that's a great question. What happens to them now? Because I guess the magic's been sort of recharged in the world by the time they're done. Maybe that, so I guess 
Because for a while, the poor, you know, monsters and, and the workforce was being powered by the magic. Yeah, basically the fairy workforce of the school who live on magic. And we're just basically having to live off what the witches weren't using, which causes the minor communist revolution that Akko is largely responsible for. Um, <laughs> and I guess everything's fine because magic sort of came back. Yeah. So, all right, great, awesome. Everything wins. Everything's great. Everything's grand. This has been the Awesome Cast. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can, again, find us at awesomecast.com, osmcst.com. Leave us comments. Send us emails. This has been edited by the most wonderful person ever, Anna. Our theme music is done by DJ Unibito. You can find him at djunibito.com. And we will hear, see you, listen, you'll listen to us next time, whenever we're back. This is the Awesomecast. from the mouth. This is the awesome cast. <laughs> That's the whole podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>